Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perrette. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, the defund the police movement continues. And if you might have missed it, in case you missed it, they've added to that or revealed that part of it is to abolish prisons. Now, this smacks of anarchism. And of course, I'm a friend of anarchism. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. I feel that society, capitalist society is self-ordering. You can protect your property through the use of self-defense. Government is there as a way to augment your self-defense by combining. But once you give them a monopoly, territorial monopoly on the use of force, then they abuse that power and start infringing on your right to self-defense. So it's really, people say anarcho-capitalism or libertarianism is a utopian fantasy. Oh, you think it's a utopia. I think the concept of self-limiting government, that a piece of paper can keep power at bay, is the utopian fantasy. And I, although I love the American experiment, I gave it a a good hearty try and approached it with an open mind is very patriotic for a long time. I have found that it is not working. And so I look at this and I think, why is it that something doesn't smell right with this abolish the police thing and abolish prisons when I understand completely that this violence is inherent in this system. And it's as I dug into what this is all about, where it comes from, and what the goals are. The goals are to, what they say, the goal is to get rid of the causes of crime, and that's why you can get rid of all this stuff. And they say the cause of crime is a is being disconnected from social networks. And I don't think so. I think the cause of crime is the the need for either to be really, really hurt. So you have violent, just violent impulses, or maybe you're defective in some way. But I think most crime comes from wanting other people's stuff. Yeah. Desperation also. What? Desperation also, which is also wanting other people's stuff. Yes, yes. Yeah. And I want to get into it, actually, because this is pretty robust. But so for me freeing up people's opportunities so they can just work and live. We have the technology for everyone to live in prosperity and then just defend your own stuff and you've got the problem solved. But they, there was a real tell in one of the statements from the person who is kind of considered the godmother of this movement, Miriama Kaba. She said, or she was paraphrased as saying, abolition will require a much farther reaching social transformation in the way we think about crime, punishment, property, and how we relate to one another. And then I realized they don't believe, it seems to me that they're pure Marxists. They don't believe in private property. And that is a kind of anarchism. That's what everybody associates with anarchism. It's anarcho-syndicalism or anarcho-communism and anarcho-socialism. But for me, you anarchism cannot possibly work if you don't have the right to private property, the inherent, obvious, self-evident right to defend it, if you don't have the right to private property, somebody else does. That's not anarchism. That's definitely an archy. It's definitely an overarching power structure where they, someone else 
considers themselves owning that property. And that's what's happening in Seattle right now in in Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. They've cordoned it off. And they have, first of all, like most of the people are white. So maybe they're just pure Marxists. I don't know. But in the pictures I saw, and I saw like a white kid just looked like a regular college student, reminded me of the Evergreen State College, which is also in Washington, with a big ass gun and a face mask. How coincident or how convenient. They're they're bordering. Are face masks required in their new territory? Well, he was on the edge, but I think he kind of liked it. But they were they were patrolling the borders. They're controlling the borders. Yeah, they're checking people. Yeah, checking IDs. And they this is not by any ownership sense their owned property. They took it over. So that is part of what you can see this underlying. I can dig in deep, but I think that's, it, that's it was given to them. What this is about. I, I think it was less them taking it over and more it was given to them by the people in control over there as a symbolic, here you go. You can signal that you've taken over a place, maybe signal to some of the other people around the country that they should continue doing what they're doing and possibly to say, here you go, here's what you want, and we'll show the rest of the country what happens when we remove these policing authorities as you guys middle around and self-destruct, and then you guys will beg for the police to come back even harder. I absolutely believe that this situation is is cooper- is being cooperated with by the people in control but i would argue that the piece of land that they are on if it's quote public that means that the taxpayers own it not the politicians who have the power to control it and give it over so i'm kind of making the bigger point where do where does this kind of anarchist who doesn't believe in property get the means for sustenance. And one of the things that they want, how do they get the property? How do they get the food? And a couple of the things that are supposedly on, according to the comments in one of the articles I was reading, on their wish list or their demands is rent control, socialized medicine, and banning evictions. So what they're saying is they want, they want, and they want the money for police to be reverted from the police to social programs. But you have to think about what they're saying here. By asking for these things, say no evictions, that means they're just taking over the property of the guy who owns the place. And yeah. if he if he doesn't want to give it to them or he leaves and it falls into disrepair, who's going to repair it? Do they drag him back at the point of a gun? Well, that is slavery. It's slavery. And if it's race-based, it's race-based. But then the idea of the police, most people pay their taxes, whether they realize that most of their taxes don't actually go to the police, but a lot of them do. Anything that isn't wealth redistribution is generally this public good stuff. People are paying the taxes to pay the police. So if you take the police away how and you want that same amount of tax money just purely for redistribution, they don't understand. The game is you tell the middle class person who's afraid that the money is for keeping their stuff safe. Now, maybe welfare will keep your stuff safe, too. I mean, the really rich people know that you've got to pay off the lower classes with the welfare to keep them from climbing over the walls and stealing your stuff. But if they're looking at the... If they think that they can, but the people are paying income tax, for example, are the middle classes who work and they're, they're not going to want to do it anymore. They're going to leave. And then what do you do? Drag them back, make them work. Where are you going to get the tax dollars? So then you do have just a pure 
what you would say a pure communist takeover and and then what happens yeah and then what happens i mean it's never worked right america russia nobody's producing that and they really don't even have the infrastructure for that they don't have the we don't even have the factories it's a service economy we have here you can't even take over the means of production because it won't produce anything they've already been sending out messages for people to send them food and other things. How are they going to get food? How are they going to get this other stuff if, if not people sending sending it to them? And you're right. What about the people who live in there who think all of this stuff is stupid and have regular jobs? What are they going to do? They're not going to like any of this. This is a weird experiment going on. You said a psyop inside of a psyop inside of a psyop. I'm going to say inside of a psyop inside of a psyop because everything going on right now is just crazy. It reminds me of Cultural Revolution, Bolshevik Revolution, Putting the younger people in power, saying, here you go, and letting them kind of cause chaos to destroy the hierarchy. But it, it, having it cordoned off into this one tiny part of a city is just really strange. It is. but And I think cultural revolution is the right expression. And what what people need to understand, what they don't understand is if you want to have an anarcho-anything society – you have you you can't just rip away this one leg on which the existing society stands a, a really critical leg of course unless you want the whole thing to collapse which i don't think they do because real communism requires that you confiscate the means of production that was produced by the capitalist it's yes. not like it's not like what kaczynski wants which is a total destruction of all technology that's not what they want but if you want the system to work so anarcho capitalism is self-ordering because you have stuff you want to sell to people who live in an apartment building down the street. So you and the guy who own the apartment building or those people build the roads. You get uh, somebody to escort you with a gun and, and things emerge from there and become more peaceful and more prosperous over time. But you have expectations, you have culture, you have systems. You, When people know that you're very heavily armed, you're probably never, ever going to get attacked. Then you can like, and then you have a more orderly society. How do you make contracts? How do you rely on contracts? There's a lot of reliance on the culture. And if you are going to change that culture, it's, you can do it revolutionarily, but I feel like they, they don't understand that even then they're still, the communists are still maintaining the infrastructure and the means of production that were already put in place and and that they have to maintain it doesn't look like they have any access to anything that could provide yeah the way that these communist takeovers according to history work is they work simultaneously with the revolutionary aspect of it having the young people go out and do some of the stuff we're seeing up there in seattle while at the same time there's a parallel quote takeover attempted to go on inside the government infiltrating different organizations that are connected to government different positions like administrative positions where they can influence what's going on organization so so they are always trying to take over on the inside and on the outside so they can just work all angles because they want that existing infrastructure Yes. And and I feel like when these people are saying they want to change everything and these people are Marama Kaba, I think Tamara Manasa, Alan Mills, these were the people whose names were in the articles that were fed to me. One was the New York Times, one was in the Chicago Reader. Who are they are associated people. with, did it say? The Alan Mills is uh, an attorney with the Uptown People's Law Center. I think that's in Chicago. Tamara Manasa is she has these moms on the corner that give hot dogs to little kids at dinner time every day. So it used to be the bloodiest corner. I think it's in Chicago, Rogers Park. 
area. I don't know if that's Chicago. Oh, you lived in Chicago. Did you ever hear of Rogers Park? I don't recall. I think, well, it's in Chicago Reader, so I assume it's in Chicago. And I think that's kind of crazy. It's like, oh, they just, the cops and the criminals just keep walking when they see or driving by when they see the kids getting their hot dogs. I'm like, well, what if one of them doesn't? You know, I yeah. don't know. Miriama Kaba is from New York. I think she lives in Chicago now. She's the child of African immigrants. And they say everything about abolish the prison system that we follow now is emanates from her. She seems fairly young. I mean, she's not an old lady. But... What they what they aren't saying, though, is that they're they're saying it's like social and psychological to have these problems. But what they're not talking about at all is that is that, first of all, what do a lot of cops do? A lot of them, like in L.A. or the border cities, they deal with mobs like drug mobs that come in and the mobs in the city and they come. And that's all related to black markets. So black markets don't use the cops. They don't use the courts. So you, when you have black markets, you have that high level of crime. So if you eliminate the black markets, you would actually just eliminate all that crime and eliminate what mostly what the cops do and most of what is the problem in the inner city. And they, they all kind of criminal prohibitions, no bail or jail for anything that's prohibited. That's not, that's not wrong per se, but that's just prohibited. So crime against a personal property should have bail or jail, but not nothing else. And, and the plea bargains and the plea bargains. And you will really empty out the prisons because I know a lot of the plea bargains don't end up in prison, but everybody in prison almost has had a plea bargain. So you have to really restructure things and you could probably do away with 90% of this stuff. Honestly, I think because when a, in a prosperous society, you don't, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a mentally stable society that yes, we need that. But the prosperous societies, when you don't have those, a lot of that crime about black markets and, and, uh, stealing, and all that. And then also And those guys will take over also if you get rid of the cops. Well, that's the thing. Those guys that already have organizations set up yes. that are illegal, they're gonna immediately just dominate everybody. And there was stories about a rapper. I don't know how true this stuff is coming out of there. I just know what they're reporting. A rapper who his gang of friends has kind of said that they're the new police and that they're so it's going to be the people with the most people and the most money who are just going to fill the power vacuum and it's going to be even more totalitarian than before because they're not going to have any any training any regulations are going to be more brutal there it's definitely going to be mobs and how are they going to make money they're probably going to make money just the way any mob does by taking over your business or by demanding the taxes. Yeah. So then they're going to have a problem with the people who are really trying to collect the taxes. The other mob, the government, the state government, the federal government, There, this isn't, to the extent the government's playing along with this, it's not really going to last. It's there, they're using it, they're controlling the mob to get whatever legislation they want. But I would also point out that one of the, that they're talking about cultural change even if you want to take a page out of their book and say that it's not about black markets and economic problems and um totally controlled access to being a productive entrepreneur the culture the state where they pay you the welfare culture that pays people not to be married or that undermines the family. A cult, family is where family, churches, communities are ethical culture. It doesn't have to be like a religious church, but that's where your, your cultural community basis comes from. And that's where you can 
have that appeal to justice that people will be shame each other into it and the small. So they're talking about small communities. And I love that. I think there should be small communities. They're talking about tribal conflict resolution, kind of shaman like or circles, stuff like that. I think that does work in a, in a small free society. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that would emerge organically if you took this monopoly state out of the picture. But that's not what these people are really after. Once once they say you can't have private property, they can't really mean a free society. Yeah, I don't think these people, most of them that are up there, know what they're after. I think think they're probably partying. I think they see it as a party. They're out in the streets. There's no rules. And there's people kind of running wild, maybe conflicting groups. And I think a lot of them... We'll have fun with it. I don't know how it's going to end. I don't know if the police are going to come back in and there's going to be a big conflict between them. I don't know if the other people around that area are going to beg the police to come in and they'll restore order, making the police look good. It could go a lot of ways, but this They're is definitely a sign. Yeah. Do what? People are already saying that, calling for that. Like, you have to put an end to this. This is, you can't let it go on. Where will it end? Yeah. It's only going to get worse. I don't know. I mean, I think that the Evergreen State College documentary whatever it was probably gives you a good lesson to how it goes it it doesn't go backwards it doesn't just dissipate well i guess you could starve them out but then the way the evergreen state college thing they yeah. made demands to open the cafeteria they they went bananas and the pr- principal or whatever you call him capitulated completely and was super proud of himself for for doing that and he's still in his position so and that's in washington yeah i'm sure i'm sure he is super proud these people who organize them are very very happy with themselves quite often and i want to tell you some more cultural revolution type stuff going on around the country right after this quick word from our sponsor what's up guys with everything going on in the world right now it couldn't be a better time to grow your own food or if you're like me, to learn how to grow your own food. Something that I've wanted to learn how to do for a long, long time because I want to learn how to live a more sustainable lifestyle. That's why I'm thrilled to have found Neighbors Feed and Seed in Smyrna, Georgia, one of the most welcoming, friendly, and truly helpful places that I have ever been to in my life. They offer affordable, high-quality garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of, and they got it. And they got it at affordable prices that the big box stores cannot compete with. And the best part about it is that they're locally owned by a fantastic group of folks who are happy to answer any growing or planting questions that you may have. It's the kind of personalized customer service that a beginner like me needs. I'm going to be honest with you. I love Neighbors Feed and Seed. I would hang out there all the time if I could. They would have to kick me out, which they wouldn't do because they're too welcoming and friendly to do it. It's that kind of place and you can feel it as soon as you walk through the door. So if you are in the Smyrna area, Go to Neighbors Feed and Seed. I promise you, you will thank me later. Maybe I'll see you there. In the meantime, you can check out their website at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. That's NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. Or if you have any questions, give them a call at 678-653-8838. That's 678-653-8838. And make sure you tell them that the propaganda reports sing you. I also want to say that the guys over at Neighbors have put together a special seed packet bundle for listeners that consists of a lot of non-GMO seeds, enough to start a mini farm, basically. And you can get that for $27.99, a price well below the typical price that you're going to find. And you can even get 10% more off of that if you use the discount code 
propaganda and included in your package, you're going to get some instructions, you're going to get some sticker swag, and you're going to get a personal note included in every single order. So check that out. Coupon code PROPAGANDA. They're doing e-commerce now. You're going to love it. I would also like to give a shout out to one of our patron saints. They are big supporters of ours, too. Marl Bob, one of our favorites. You can find Marl Bob's Conversations About Freedom on your favorite podcasting platform. I did an epic, actually named it, an epic conversation with Monica Perez with him. He's definitely got his compass pointing in the right direction. We love our patron saints. We love to give you shout outs. Shout out to yourself, to your friends, to a charity, to your own podcast or product. It's totally great. We love it. We want to share the love. So thanks to all our patrons and especially today tomorrow, Bob. All right. So there's statues being destroyed all over the country. Christopher Columbus statues. One was beheaded. Another was pulled into the bottom of a lake. And I believe it injured somebody really bad. But I think that's something you should watch out for if you're trying to pull down a giant statue that might weigh a ton or so. And I think that there was some who was the other guy? Jefferson Davis. Yeah, Jefferson Davis statues being torn down. A lot of statues being torn down, not only here, but in the UK, who also are in on all of this thing, which is kind of strange that the UK and other countries are also doing this. Makes you makes you feel like it is a little bit orchestrated by people at the top, which we know that it is funded by people at the top. But that destruction of the icon, it, it's called iconoclasm. That's the destruction of the old symbols to erase the history. That way they can create a new history and new statues and new symbols that maybe in a few hundred years, those will those two will be torn down. But this is truly something that is done in revolutionary upheaval times. They had a real attempt to change the culture at its foundation. And they've talked about destroying statues for years now, but this seems to be amping it up, in my opinion, right now. I'm interested to see how far they go with this. I think that that is the same idea behind bombing the crap out of really important historical sites in the Middle East, like thousands, thousands, like that's, that is human heritage. That isn't even just a country's heritage or culture's heritage. And we, our government is responsible for a lot of that. It's outrageous. They blame ISIS, but ISIS is us. Yeah, exactly. And I think we talked about this before the show a little bit, and we talked about it yesterday, but I think it's going to be leading to the American flag. What is that going to be representing when the football season starts? We know taking a knee is what people are going to be pressured to do. Will the American flag be banned altogether? And what will it be replaced with? Because they're not going to waste the opportunity to have a symbol. Are we going to see Colin Kaepernick on the $5 bill is what I want to know. Taking a knee. Oh, my word. Well, I think they might. It's possible that they'll... Maybe they'll stop doing the national anthem. Very possible. possible. Colin Kaepernick, by the way, started this whole thing by sitting down. He was sitting down. He was a backup quarterback, mm-hmm. and he sat down, and he was asked why he sat down during the national anthem after one of the, I think it was a preseason game, and he started going off on this diatribe about the police and police brutality and all of that. And so he, he was not taking a knee to begin with. It wasn't until another player who was a Green Beret, maybe an operative, they had a conversation about it, and they decided you should take a knee to 
that way it's more symbolic. That way, maybe it's not offensive to people who are more patriotic. And that is where the knee came from. So it wasn't him who came up with that on his own. It was somebody who got in his ear and did it. And the reason he did it to begin with, in my opinion, is because he started dating a leader of the Black Lives Matters movement, who is a big radio Talk show, talk show personality in California what had a name? lot of influence. Do, you Do what? Her name? Do I you can't. Remember her name? I can't remember her name. I'm, yeah, I remember you said it at the time. Yeah. I recall because she tried it on somebody else first. Yeah, she was dating one of the other players first, then started dating Kaepernick, and they traded that other guy. <laughs> oh yeah, interesting. So let's see what else. Stacey Abrams and LeBron James are teaming up. And they're not playing a game of one-on-one, although Stacy might be able to uh, do pretty well against them. She's Did very she tall. Did she ever do sports? Was there any answer to that? She was I didn't actor. see any sports in her in her history. Maybe she could have played basketball. A six-foot-tall woman is a tall, is tall for a basketball yes. player. Yes. LeBron James started a voting rights group. The group is called More Than a Vote, and they're teaming up with Stacey Abrams Fair Fight. And this is what the group is intended to do. The group is to inspire African-Americans to register and to cast their ballots in November. But, as the name suggests, it will go well beyond the traditional celebrity get-out-the-vote efforts. And LeBron James has a quote for us to kind of give us some more insight on what that means. He says, yes, we want you to go out and vote, but we also are going to give you a tutorial. We're going to give you the background of how to vote, of what they're trying to do, the other side, what they're trying to do to stop you from voting. So we're going to tell you, we're going to interpret what this side is going to do for you, and then we're going to tell you how the other side is trying to prevent you from voting. This doesn't seem like a get-out-the-vote. This seems like a vote-for-people propagandized campaign to me. And to cause conflict. Absolutely. people mad. When they see something that maybe wasn't what he told you it was, if you can't tell by looking at it yourself and he's trying to tell you what to look for that isn't on its face nefarious, maybe it's just looking for trouble. Because whatever went on in Georgia, this primary there, that's already being the cry. But of course, when you when LeBron you commented on that, elected the wrong guy to the to the state secretary of state. And when Kemp is the governor who was known to have engaged in bad conduct when he organized the 2016 vote and its aftermath as Secretary of State, what do you expect? And I lay that at the feet of Stacey Abrams for not calling him out on that. Absolutely. And this to me is just, this is open propaganda. We're saying we want to get people to vote. And you know, Kanye West came out and he said the thing, African-Americans don't have to be Democrat. This is very much saying, African-Americans, you do have to be Democrat. LeBron James says so, and we're going to tell you what the Republicans are going to do to try to stop you. So there's, there's no option here of voting anything but Democrat by the way they frame this organization. Did you see yesterday, I tweeted it at a side-by-side picture, but it was pushed through my Google feed. It was the Washington Post, and it showed a picture of Trump with the Bible, and it said, this is propaganda. And then it showed a picture of people rioting, and it said, this is reality. This is pro- So I just put it side-by-side. It was obviously all propaganda. Yeah, it was both right? propaganda, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I've noticed lately that the propagandists use, it's just like the conspiracy theory thing. They're owning it. It's like the word queer. They're just owning it. So that it doesn't hurt them. Yeah. But they are the propagandists calling. I, I mean, it, it, it was propaganda to act like some of that was not propaganda. Yeah. 
You're right. If they do that and they can convince their base that it's okay to propagandize because you're on the moral side. And what they were actually showing was propaganda of the deed in both cases. They weren't even... They were trying to explain to you there's a whole nother level of propaganda. Yeah. And there's something else I've noticed. And these that's, pro- by the, that's propaganda in action. So actions and demonstrations to show the effect is propaganda of the deed. Rather than propaganda of the work. Because yeah. propaganda is just to propagate, right? Mm-hmm. So you propagate an idea through words, actions, whatever. But there's one thing, this is totally just a peeve and an aside. But when I was reading the New York Times article that I was talking about earlier about this, what this all means the kind of anarchism they're talking about. Have you noticed when you read that stuff or the Atlantic, any kind of really long article about stuff, they always, if it's at all from the left or say, not the left, it's that hot, I call it hot propaganda, that higher level propaganda mm-hmm. that they, you can't get, you have to get like a page into it for them to, Lay it out in the most. They have to paint a scene. Yeah, very it pretentious sometimes. Flowery, intellectual. It's, it's just literature. They're yeah. crappy fucking propaganda. I have to suffer through literature, and I don't care. Like I, I've read plenty of stuff I don't agree with that is really well written. It's just like rock and roll. It's probably a CIA operation. <laughs> had to be good. Had to be good for you to like it, and I still like it. I bet you can't deny Jim Morrison was on the deck of the Nimitz <laughs> a year before he made the scene. So I'm just saying it's, it really, it just, it, it's, it's funny because I feel like that's part of the propaganda that it gets you the, the mood at that level, at that kind of intellectual or success or educational level, the propaganda, the hot propaganda targets people who will often dismiss you and laugh at you rather than refute what you're saying. You can give them the evidence that whatever Google was created by the NSA and they will laugh at you and not they're just say, well, you're just a crazy conspiracy theorist. And you're like, well, actually, it's totally an evidence. And they'll say it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know? It's like Seymour Hersh with 9-11. It's like, it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. So I just, I feel like, I, I wonder what that is, that that art as propaganda. You know, it's it's not propaganda of the deed. It's not propaganda of the word, but it is propaganda. And art is propaganda, for sure. Yeah, art absolutely. Is art is huge in propaganda. It's, it's as propaganda as any medium. Yeah. And that way of speaking in some of those articles, I think it's speaking the way that two people who are their target audience might speak when they're having a discussion. I think they're taking on the pretentious type voice of what their target it's audience the might be. It's it's what it's a Freudian thing where or I'm going to refer to Freud in this where it's not even necessarily how they do talk, although I've heard people talk like, I'm from New York, there's a lot of that there. <laughs> and uh, not my when I grew up, but where I ended up. And uh, and I think it's helping them figure out how actually to talk that way. It's giving them the words, yes. it's giving them, yes. and it's how it's they makes them feel like they are that person. They feel smart. Yeah, even if it's not, and and of course that's how I feel about the Wall Street Journal. You think you're smart because you get what it's telling you. Yeah, I think I'm point. smart because I can. I know what what it's. I can 
separate the facts from the lies in that propaganda. Yeah. One other thing about the BLM thing, it goes kind of with the Stacey Abrams, LeBron James stuff, is that on their site, when you go to donate, if you go to their website, there's a donate page. You can see the web browser and you can click on it. And it even tells you it uses Act Blue. So you're donating through Act Blue. We've talked about Act Blue before on this show. Act Blue is a Democrat only fundraising page. And you can look and see where the donations are allocated. Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden. Top two. So what these donations are going to, and I guarantee you a lot of people who are donating to the Black Lives Matter website don't realize this. You are donating to the Democrat nominee campaign. So just like the LeBron James thing where it's not just us getting you registered to vote, it's us telling you who to vote for, basically what they're saying – Donating to BLM is you're donating to the Democrat nominee, regardless of whether or not you actually support that person. So if you're black, you have to be a Democrat. That is a theme from both of these organizations. And that I mean, that's so backwards. It's so backwards. I actually heard that from a lot of people. And I'm so surprised because our experience at WSB was that there were people from every community were absolutely open-minded they had their own opinions like i just i'm always surprised when people tell me that if they if they're not democrats like everybody's mad at them and i'm not talking about they should be republicans yeah be whatever you want yeah or nothing just be nothing right it's just it's just be a skeptic just be the the agnostic that we should all be the party system is it is the scam and and the whole two-party system especially when it comes down to the supreme court nominations is the thing that keeps everybody in their lanes in their cages yeah it's just the worst and and we should all reject it i agree i don't know how anybody who hears the lebron james quote or hears him talking about this or knows that act blue is democrat only and that's where the bln money is going I don't know how they could not be insulted. I would be completely insulted. You're telling me that you know better than I am just because you're a celebrity? I, you know, I think it has to be targeted at youth. Yeah. Because the older people, so the people who called my show tended to be older people all across the spectrum. It was just a demo kind of older, I think. Not older than... Not old, but like people been around. Yeah. You know, people got a little wisdom by being lied to in every, <laughs> right. knowing the history was bull and learning that the the current thing was bull and the promises were bull. Because once you li- live through the promise, the enactment, and then the horrible, disappointing failure that that you are where you started i mean you have to live through it yourself and i almost feel like it's designed that that cycle happens really just once in the prime of your life and then by the time you figured it out it's happening again you're a boomer there you go so it's like it's like you can't use the same fashions twice when they come back around if you're wearing your bell bottoms and you're 65 like you look like an idiot yeah you know better though so you've learned and wow, right, but an, you've been dismissed, and that's the whole point of fashion. An Amber Alert just popped up in Clarkston County, a gray Volkswagen Jetta. It'll probably be over by the time this is published, but if not, keep an eye out for that gray Volkswagen Jetta. And you guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every week afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want to get access to that extra content every time that we post a DMB, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. And we will talk to you guys tomorrow or in the patron 15. Oh, and thank you everybody, by the way, who sent 
birthday wishes. That was very kind, very sweet. I appreciate that very much. You got a lot of great messages and uh, made me feel good. So thank you. And at the next disappearing patron party, people can see what I got you. Yes, I love it. I can't wait to show it's it a off. VIP one on June 18th. <laughs> Talk to you guys tomorrow.